What would change in the world if you, me, and everyone choose to feed the wolf of possibilities instead of the one of doubt, distrust, and despair? The way I see it, our point of view creates reality, not the other way around. Somewhere deep within, I think we know that. In this podcast, I am daring you to claim this remarkable superpower. Join us and be inspired by trackers, explorers, and finders of possibilities from the multiverse of hope. Welcome to the podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities, with your host, Katrina Valentin. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities. And today we're going to explore sex. What is it? What could it be? And what makes it so subtly significant in nearly every area of our life and living and through history? So as our guide, I've invited one of my favorite guests and inspirations, Shannon O'Hara, who is a tenacious explorer of what is possible with bodies and with sex and what's possible beyond it. So welcome, Shannon. Thank you. Hello, everybody. So let's dive in. What what is sex? And what is sex for you? Well, I think it's probably better to start with the what is sex um, question, because it comprises of many different elements and energies that that can get so easily mixed up, which I believe is the source of a lot of the sort of pain, difficulty, confusion, and lack of ease that so many people have in the area of sex. So sex, I think we use as like a, a big banner word that really encompasses a lot of different things. And one of the things that Gary Douglas has coined is these different elements of sex, which one is sex, which is actually not the copulation, right? Copulation is the putting the body parts together. Um, but sex is actually when you're looking good, feeling great, willing to receive energy, willing to receive lust, inspired for life and living. That's the energy of sex. Then you have copulation, mm -hmm. which is putting the bodies together, which hopefully includes the energy of sex, but doesn't always. And then there's sensualness, which is in the sexual spectrums, but it has nothing to do with copulation. It has everything to do with the exploration, indulgence, and the experiencing of the sense, the sensation of having a body, eating ice cream, getting a back tickle, you know, the good, the bad, everything about sensation. Then there's sexuality, which is always the judgment. I'm a heterosexual female which basically means I will receive this kind of sexual energy from this kind of person, or I'm a homosexual, you know, male, I will only receive this kind of energy from this kind of person. It's always the sexuality is always the judgment of, that determines and dictates what you will receive and whom you will receive from. And then there is sexualness, which is infinite perceiving, knowing, being, and receiving. It's sort of like what you experience when you're deep in nature. That's the sexualness, that peace, that mm. space. And the sixth element is orgasm, which is the energy that creates bodies, literally. Mm. <laughs> so when you take, when you know all those and you know, and when you know all of that, um, it is, e I have found it creates a lot more ease because uh, how many people out there listening to this have had a lot of confusion and conflict around, you know, if you're too sexy, then it means, you know, if someone hugs you a certain way, then it means you have to go to population. You don't have the right sexuality, then you're, you know, rejected or et cetera, et cetera. So what well, is actually, sex? We have to be clear on the element. 
yeah, I was going to say it's actually the clarity creates ease because all those elements, when they get lumped together, you actually don't really know what is what. And therefore, you tend to go into judgment of the whole area instead yeah. of actually knowing what's going right. on. Yeah, exactly. Mm. If we're really having a conversation about sex, I need to also add in or sort of like let everybody know that like we know that this is a totally crazy area that, yes, you know, when since both of us are sort of career facilitators, you and I have put a lot of time and energy and choices into facilitating the expansion and growth of consciousness, easy living, self-actualization, and sex is a huge topic, obviously. And I say often, jokingly, but also not that jokingly, that the three most crazy places in people's universes are, I think sex and relationship sort of fight for first place. Yeah, for some people, it's relationship. For some people, it's sex. But they pretty much go neck and neck in terms of like the craziest places, meaning the place where people are the least, I guess, have the least, oh, I don't even, I'm just going to say crazy. Clarity. And then clarity. Yeah. And then money comes a close second after those, you know. So if we're talking about sex, we need to also like indicate that we're not talking about relationship. Those are two separate areas. You can have amazing sex or bad sex with people that you do not have relationship with, and you can have relationships with people you do not copulate with. So to clarify right up front, it's actually two different topics that also oftentimes get intertwined, which creates greater confusion. So when you were young, what was it like for you then? Have you always liked (laughs) sex? (laughs) Yeah, I have. Um, I was always sexually very interested. I got a stepbrother um, when I was like four, five, and then we, who is my same age. So my mom married my stepdad and he brought a son and my mom brought a daughter of me and we were the same age. And so we got thrown into this house together, living together. And we would play, we would sexually play because we were like, oh, hi. Like, it was sort of like, here's this new person in my life, which as we got older, we were told not to, but it was always this energy of exploring bodies and exploring possibilities. And that's always been that way for me. And as I've gotten older, it has definitely been an eye-opening experience as I've interacted more with the world and had so much more sexual experience just to recognize like how much not fun and how much pain and how much force and how much violence um, and rejection goes on in the area of sex for so many people, which I Mm. posit, which I posit is due to the degree of power, the potency the that the area of sex can be that very few people want to choose well it's interesting because one of the one of my favorite movies last year was called a good luck to you leo grande which was with emma thompson and Daryl oh, yes i just watched mm. that movie the other day how coincidental yeah, it's, I think it's a beautiful, really funny and brilliant movie like yes, in, in so many ways. But there's one scene where Emma Thompson, who is this widow who comes to a gigolo or a gigolo, gigolo, um, and she comes with a list of all the things she's never tried. She's only had sex with one man and she's never had an orgasm. And once she, they've been on a few dates and she's gotten further on this list, she's She's giving a lot, like she's very grateful and she's giving feedback to Daryl's character. And she says, I never felt so powerful as I have in the last three months. And I think that's so telling 
and yet so unexpected. She never expected that outcome when she came in with her little list <laughs> to him. So can we talk a little bit about what that is? What is it that that actually allows this sense of power to come from claiming, I guess, your sexualness, your, well, all of the elements of sex? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it, it's even as complicated as claiming it. I think if like naturally good sex tends to go in that direction, like sex can be a very creative force and sex can be a very destructive. It can go both ways, just like money. It can be used for good and it can be used for evil. Same with the sexual energies. They're both very powerful. Um, and I, I think it's interesting you're bringing up the example of that movie. And if people haven't seen it, it's very British. It's very dialogue driven. And basically the entire movie happens oh, mostly in one room. Like you see yeah. very seldom. Yeah, I think you see the inside of one other scene, but the most of the movies in one room, which I think they just don't make enough movies like that anymore. Like it was so not sensationalized. It was so uh, more relatable on a real reality level. Anywho, um, I what I loved about that movie and also the movies the Magic Mike movies which with mm. Channing Tatum I haven't seen Magic Mike 3 but I almost sort of don't want to because Magic Mike 2 was like so powerful for me it's really about male sexual healers and that Leo Grand character was yes he was like a male prostitute but it was also this gift that he was in the world yeah um, which sex workers are so seldom seen as offering a true gift um and if it's like a lot of, I, I mean, I actually have not a lot of firsthand experience with this. So I'm only speaking from an outsider's perspective, but definitely in that movie uh, with Leo Grand and in Magic Mike, it's definitely men who are facilitating the actualization of female sexual energy um, in a pretty awesome way. And so like when, so sex, let's, let's talk about sex um, in its, I guess, like easiest actualized form while I'm also sensitive and aware that there's a lot of judgments in this area and people can feel very shut down and controlled and just weird. So, I mean, I'm not negating all that energy, but I just want to talk about sex. Like let's imagine right now we're having this conversation and like no one's ever like um, had a crazy thought or a bad experience with sex. Let's just imagine like in an ideal world, um, sex accesses a particular energy the energetics of the body that then interact with uh, all of the molecules in the universe. So I believe that that copulation done from a willing place that's not coupled with control or insanity, copulation done from a willing place leads to um, the transformation of all energy, the transformation mm -hmm. of physiological energies, um, I have heard and witnessed personally and known many women, uh, mostly women that have healed their bodies through uh, orgasm, essentially. Because um, remember, orgasm is the energy of the creation of bodies. Yeah. So if you want to create your body more, you want to include and introduce more orgasmic energy into the body. So the actions of sex, so copulation, including sensuality, sexualness, sex energies facilitates the transformation of energy in our bodies and since our bodies are organisms of nature where our bodies are interconnected with all of the energy of earth and everything this is not airy fairy this is scientific this is quantum physics right we're all everything's connected not in a 
thought process way, but in reality, our bodies are elements of the earth, literally. Without the earth, we would not have our little bodies, right? So our bodies, as we play, generate an energy that facilitates the transformation of all energy. So that in itself actually creates the sense of stepping into your power. Well, I think it doesn't, I'm not sure if it generates the sense of stepping into power more than it accesses an energy, an energy that exists in the universe that you literally, quote unquote, no pun intended, plug into, right? So that's the, there's, and through my experience and knowing and like interacting with people in life, that is not the norm. <laughs> Most people use sex as or copulation for either procreation and nothing else, or, you know, women use sex to control men or to get a man. You know, it's all slightly changing tracks here. So we're circling back to the Leo Grand and Magic Mike conversation. Um, it kind of makes me think of, you know, when you were talking about tapping into the, like plugging in to the power of the universe or the energies of yeah, the yeah. universe. And looking back in history, how much society and the powers to be have regulated sex. So how would you say that the freedom that also comes from once you start exploring this, does that also allow you to start experiencing the world in a different way? Well, first you have to be willing to have a lot more, right? So, mm. and that's, I think, one of the huge obstacles for a lot of people, self-included, this is speaking from self-awareness, is that like, pl- like having copulation and sex without judgment gives you access to having like all this joy and freedom and peace and bliss with a body that one would think logically was desired by society. But if you look factually at what most people choose, that isn't what people choose. They want to stay within a spectrum of, uh, I guess, normality or feeling like others that excludes a lot of this sexual energy or sexual power. And frankly, people can be super fucking weird with sex. So this is, I mean, it's such a huge conversation that touches on so much amazing, blissful stuff, but also on so much crazy stuff. Copulation done with no judgment and for the fun of it accesses a level of joy embodied, joy with bodies that isn't popular. I, I, I would say it's not very popular. So you have to sort of first overcome the resistance to having all that space, the loss of control, like anybody that's ever had an orgasm knows that it's very difficult to have a really good orgasm and be controlling at the same time, right? So the sexual energy and the sexual spectrum is in direct opposition to so many of the things that we commit to as people like control or being normal or um, not, not being too much. So first you have to be willing to have all that out of control joy, being too much, being too free, being too happy. Like you have to be willing to have that uh, first. Then you can receive the gift of copulation. And if you're not willing to have that, then copulation becomes either intermittent or less possible or less fun, I guess, you know. If someone listening wants to start exploring sex and what sex really can be, how do they begin? Oh, God, I started, Jesus, I wouldn't ever recommend starting like I started, but all the good sluts out there might be able to relate. It's like, first, I did it the hard way. And then eventually, my choices got better and better. Um, I think I just started off as like being really promiscuous. But that was all of my siblings. Well, not all. 
but most of us were extremely wild and extremely promiscuous and totally. And it was like pretty much okay for that to exist in my family, which I'll for always be grateful for. And I did that for a long time and had a lot of awesome sex, but also a lot of horrible sex. And over time, it developed the ability to identify who was going to be fun and who wasn't. Um, and I tried, you know, committed long-term relationships and being married. I've tried everything. And none of that really has to do with the choice that one makes to have sexual energies in their life. Um, be aware of all the shit that goes on in your world around sex and be aware of the shit that goes on in other people's worlds around sex. That's the first step. When you also said um, there's, a, there's a choice you can make to have more sexual energies in your life. And could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it's like everyone that's listening right now, it's like, do you, does your body feel good? Do you let your body feel good? And that's just like the first step with sexual energy is actually having a pleasure, like having pleasure, just having your body be a pleasure. Mm. That is actually on the spectrum of sexual energy. It starts with your relationship, your experience of your own body, how much you're willing to mm. have your body, how much you're willing, how much pleasure and ease and joy you're willing to let your body experience and be for you. Like if you're listening right now, does your body feel good or are you judging it so dynamically that it hurts or does there something that your body's aware of that you don't know how to deal with or is there a pain that you can't seem to get past which all of which is this question of okay so like what is your body aware of like where you have to start is that your body no longer becomes this foreign object that's like your enemy it actually becomes mm. a living organism of awareness that you listen to and include and play with rather than try to kill you and your body first then you include others if that's fun. Now that you are married and have a relationship with one man, how do you view exploring sex now and in the future? Wow. I mean, that's such a huge question. It was actually the one I was the most daunted about because I knew we were going to be having this conversation. And I, um, I'm older now. My body's changed a lot. And I am also married. So that's like, you know, another thing. I would say that I'm not limiting what's possible for me sexually based on what my husband's willing to have and be and do and choose. Cause that's easy to do in a relationship, you know? And I always have to check in and be like, am I limiting anything? Am I, am I, am I cutting off any sexual energy because I'm married? Number one. Mm. And then also opening up to being more willing to receive a man who cares for me totally and is probably loves me more than anybody that I've ever had in my life. So, which I have, that's been my big um, journey is letting a man really, really care for me. That's, I know, I, I don't know if everyone can relate, but for me, that's been a really big journey. So it's sort of this simultaneous being me, being free, and also receiving the gift that he bees, even if I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> every day in every way um and definitely as my body's changing as it gets old, it's it's super interesting to I would say that I'm more I receive more with my body now than I did when I was younger right like I have better sex now than I ever did in my 20s and 30s and my my big thing now is having enough orgasms to like make my body happy Cause that's definitely something I've not 
created enough of because I don't know if people know this listening, but there is a there's a lot of biological things that occur in both male and female bodies with orgasm. There's a lot of hormonal balances that get created through orgasm and orgasmic energies are very, very therapeutic and healing. Um, and so for me right now, it's just having way more of that and seeing if I can even have my body feel even better and be even greater in every year and every decade to come. Like that's while being very aware and very sensitive to that my body's changing. Like I was just looking at myself in the mirror today. I'm like, wow, like bad lighting in the bathroom for sure here in the Airbnb I'm staying in. But I was like, wow, like I feel so different. I feel so different. My experience with my body is so different now than it was um, a decade ago. However, if I really am honest with myself, my body's a lot happier now than it was a decade ago. I think that's beautiful. Like that particular, like the awareness of that. Yes, I feel different, but my body is happier. And you had mentioned before we end, you had mentioned before, even with this healing capacity of orgasms. So I get that's a huge topic and we can't get all the way into it now. But could you talk a little bit more about that? I wish I knew a little bit. I wish I knew more of the like the science and biology behind it. But I mean bodies are this miracle and there is i i'm i'm pretty sure there have been a lot of studies on hormones uh with the application of orgasm although i've not actually read them personally but i know that they do exist so there's a huge different universe of orgasms and uh i know that a lot specifically uh from the female anatomy you can have like clitoral orgasms you can have very shallow orgasms scaling all the way up to full body uh, cervical orgasms where all of your biology is involved that um, has a really different physiological uh, experience and impact. Um, But that is, again, a really powerful, vulnerable, uh, incredible space and place to choose from. So yeah, it's, it's so big and it's, I I can even feel that as we're having this conversation, like how much judgment that there can be around this and how much like hopelessness or lockdown or Mm. rejection, because like, I've even known this, I've experienced this personally. It's like getting close to that kind of orgasm that is out of control. That's I've struggled dynamically to be that vulnerable, to let go of control that much, to surrender. So it's a choice. Yeah. I would say that I can also perceive, you know, the lockdown and the judgment. And there's also a longing for the kind Mm. of orgasm that you're describing it, the kind of surrender. I think that that's a really perfect word, actually. That's exactly what I've learned, which I used to try to pretend like I didn't have that longing, like that longing made me weak or made me needy. But I realized that Mm. that longing is a power that can lead to having so much more okay I think that's a beautiful place to end thank you so much that was a a clarity and a brilliance that I agree with you rarely is available as a conversation about sex today so thank you so much well thanks for having me thanks for asking I never get to talk about this stuff (laughs) well now you did (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities. I hope you have more space in your world now. If you would like to listen to earlier episodes, share with other people or subscribe, please go to Spotify, iTunes, or visit katrinavalentin.com slash wolf.